It's Friday, May the 29th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, anti-police protests in America and more coronavirus cases in South Korea. First, the world in brief. Violent protests in Minneapolis over the death of George Floyd, a black man who was asphyxiated by a white police officer while being arrested, continued into a second day. Admit reports of looting and arson, one man was shot dead. The mayor asked Minnesota's governor to call in the National Guard, and the Federal Justice Department declared its investigation into the matter a top priority. Protests have spread beyond Minnesota. In Los Angeles, hundreds blocked a freeway and smashed windows of police vehicles. Taiwan's president Tsai Ing-wen promised to help resettle Hong Kongers fleeing China's increasing control of their territory. China responded that Taiwan was seeking to loot a burning house. Britain, meanwhile, said it could extend visa rights for the 300,000 Hong Kong residents born before the 1997 handover who hold British national overseas passports, offering them a path to citizenship. South Korea, which has done well in reducing the spread of the coronavirus, nonetheless recorded 58 new infections on Friday, marking four consecutive days in which the caseload grew. Many of this week's have been linked to a logistics facility near Seoul. Some lockdown measures, such as the closing of parks and museums, will be reintroduced for two weeks starting today. There were more than 2.1 million new applicants for unemployment benefits in America last week, bringing the total during the pandemic to more than 40 million. That curve seems to have flattened, however. The number of continuing claimants, those collecting benefits for at least two weeks, dropped by 3.9 million to 21.1 million as previously unemployed Americans returned to work. Donald Trump ordered a review of allegedly unfair or deceptive practices by Facebook and Twitter, and of a law that shields internet companies from many lawsuits. The president was piqued by Twitter's adding a caveat to tweets in which he amplified unsubstantiated claims of fraud in mail-in voting. The order directs agencies to reinterpret the Communications Decency Act. Nissan announced an operating loss of 40.5 billion yen, $372 million, for the year to the end of March, its first in 11 years. The Japanese carmaker blamed its poor results on the pandemic's dampening demand for new cars. Yesterday, the alliance of Nissan, Renault and Mitsubishi announced a new strategy to save money, including sharing more responsibilities for developing new vehicles. And police said Dominic Cummings, political adviser to Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, might have committed a minor breach of lockdown rules by making a 50-mile round trip to a beauty spot in northeastern England. His decision to move his family 250 miles to his parents' farm was not censured. 40 of Mr Johnson's fellow Conservative MPs have called for Mr Cummings' removal. And now, here's today's agenda. Borderlands. China and India face off in Ladakh. In recent weeks, China has picked fights with America, Australia, Britain and Hong Kong. Not content with this, thousands of Chinese troops have been dispatched to the vast border with India, some crossing several kilometres into territory claimed by its neighbour in the Ladakh region, where Tibet touches Kashmir. Because the mountainous border is largely undefined, patrols often rub against one another. But unusually, the face-offs are now occurring at several places, hundreds of kilometres apart, some in areas where the border was thought to be agreed on. Two brawls earlier this month have already resulted. China's muscle flexing may have been prompted by India's build-up of roads and other infrastructure in Ladakh, which makes it easier to send patrols to remote areas. Both sides agree on at least one thing. 
that Donald Trump, who offered to mediate on Wednesday in what he called the now-raging border dispute, should keep his nose out. Room to open up. Colombia eases its lockdown. Colombia will end its 10-week lockdown on May 31st. President Ivan Duque says the country can ease social distancing measures for everyone except the most vulnerable. Museums and shopping malls can reopen, although only at 30% capacity. Cities where infection rates are high, however, can maintain restrictions. Colombia thus becomes the first country in South America to ease its lockdown despite a rise in cases of COVID-19. But the country has coped well with the crisis, even if Latin America as a whole, according to the World Health Organization, is the new centre of the pandemic. Roughly 24,000 cases of COVID-19 have been confirmed in Colombia, of which only 1% have needed intensive care. Mr Duque hopes that the reopening can reverse some of the lockdown's economic damage. The proportion of those living on less than $2 a day is expected to increase this year to 45%, a level last seen in 2005. When the sun goes down, a New York ritual. In normal times, New Yorkers would crowd together this evening to see Manhattan Henge, one of two annual sunsets to fall exactly at the end of Manhattan's parallel streets. While the grid has been there for two centuries and the sun for many more, the crowds are relatively new. The term for the event was coined by Neil deGrasse Tyson, an astrophysicist, only in 2002. Instagram posts reveal that thousands viewed Manhattan Henge last year, the most popular pictures were taken from around Tudor City at 42nd Street and 2nd Avenue. This year will be different. Social distancing rules prohibit gatherings of more than 10 people, and even then they require plenty of space between them. Some may view sundown from home. Others might take the map of last year's Instagram posts as a guide, not for where to go, but for where not to. But Manhattan's parallel streets will still provide many opportunities for magic moments, even in tragic times. Industrial distancing. Renault, Nissan and Mitsubishi struggle on. The future of Renault and its alliance with Nissan and Mitsubishi, which once vied with Volkswagen to be the world's biggest car maker, should be clearer today as the French company outlines its medium-term plans. The alliance has shelved the idea of a full merger, the aim of Carlos Ghosn, its ex-boss, who skipped bail in Japan after being charged with financial misconduct in 2018. It has also ditched Mr Ghosn's plans for world domination, to favour profitability over volume. Each firm will concentrate on parts of the world where it is strongest. For Renault, already in poor shape, the weakness of the European market after weeks of lockdown will be a concern, as will its efforts to restructure. To avoid oblivion, it will probably announce more details of a government rescue package, contingent on retaining jobs in France. This will not help tensions in the alliance, which the new start is meant to allay. Sickly stats. The virus and measuring GDP. Like an air conditioner which breaks in hot weather, some things stop working just when you need them most. So it is with GDP statistics in the pandemic. Today, economic data from countries including Brazil, Canada, France, India and Sweden will be released. But statisticians are worried that their estimates are liable to be substantially revised in future. Many firms have stopped responding to the surveys which are used to calculate GDP. Statisticians are no longer allowed to wander around shops to collect information on prices, and data from the part of the economy most affected by the lockdowns, services, tends to be published with long lags. Statisticians are doing what they can. Some are scraping data from websites. A handful in the European Union are using credit card numbers. Others are using meteorological data to estimate flows of people. 
but the Wonks' job, just like everyone else's, is much harder right now. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Voltaire, who died on this day in 1778. If God did not exist, it would be necessary to invent him. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.